We've got a busy episode of Don't Panic this week. We're going to talk about the Oculus Rift acquisition by Facebook and what that means for the virtual reality industry. We're also going to talk about the new HTC One, what's going on with Twitter, uh, Office for iPad, BlackBerry, uh, and we've got a whole series of great picks. Um, I don't even know what to say. It's a fun show. You're going to want to join us. It's all coming up next on Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 40, recorded March 31st, 2014, on the Rift at Facebook, HGC1, part 2, and lots of technical difficulties. Hello and welcome to this exciting edition of Don't Panic. Uh, we are the podcast that puts the fool in April Fools. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by these two guys, Dan Miller and Colby Rabadou. Guys, how are we doing this week? Pretty good. Excellent. Sublime. Sublime. I like Real. that. Colby's very casual about it. He's like, well, yeah, it's, it's happening. It's a thing. No, I'm not casual. Dan is I'm never, never casual. No, in, in his, in his zip-up hoodie. Yeah, he's never <laughs> uh, Yeah, both of you are in a hoodie. Where's I need a hoodie. I missed out on the invitation. Yeah, you're clearly not a cool tech person if you're not wearing a hoodie. Yeah, no kidding. No, actually, actually, the the heat in my apartment's been outrageous. I I have I've had the window open. It's been, uh, it's been cold. So uh, no, with did the you, lights, there's no hoodie for me. Did I hear correctly that it snowed on the East Coast today? It did. Not here in Poughkeepsie, but north of here. Yeah, absolutely. Long Island got some snow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, very well. What are you gonna do? It's March into April. It's the worst time of year for weather. It's not like it's San Francisco where it's the same. All the time. <laughs> it it really is. Actually, fun fact: it rained, right? Rain. Yes. Yeah, I had a, a bunch of my friends got stuck at the San Francisco airport, all traveling independently, but all happened to be in San Francisco at the same time. I was just watching like Twitter and Facebook go by, like still stuck on the tarmac in San Francisco. Yeah, that's a huge event. Yep, but well, uh, I, I made it. And we're glad you did, and we're glad all of you here are with us tonight on the show. We do this every Monday night, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, live on our website, don'tpanic.io. You can also get past episodes there as well. Subscribe to us through RSS and iTunes, but just visit the site, don'tpanic.io. All the links are there. Um, we're actually, what was that? <laughs> I, I was just being weird. Sorry. That doesn't sound like you at all. Uh, actually, we're going to start today with a video because we have the technology now. So I want to show it off. This is one of my favorite technology-themed YouTube videos of all time, for me personally. I can't vouch, and I, I don't know how popular it's been. This is from, uh, well, I'll tell you what it is after. Let's just, uh, let's just roll it here. On the mark, get set. We're riding on the internet, cyberspace, sex-free, hello virtual reality, interactive appetite, searching for a website, a winner to the world, got to get online, take a spin, now you're in with techno, set your golden searching on the internet. Um, if you haven't seen that before, that's from a instructional how to use the internet video from the late 90s. Uh, that is hilarious and has very poor production value. It's called The Kid's Guide to the Internet. And uh, the whole, like, 30-minute videos on YouTube, but I, that song is just so... It will get stuck in your head. Um, or at least that's happened to me, and it's really... Uh, I love that video. It's these kids who, who are like, no, the Internet, it's really cool. And there's like, yeah, the neighbors down the street just got the Internet. You know, it's really... It's funny. I'd recommend going to watch that. Um, but with that shenanigan over, we might as well move on to the reason we're all here. Let's talk today's top story. I don't know what the top story is. Well, Colby, I'll tell you. Um, we usually discuss before the show. I thought it was obvious what this week's oh, top yeah. story is. Oh, yeah, that happened. At least all yeah, you're right. that happened. That would, that would, of course, be uh, Office for iPad. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> is it the BlackBerry story? No, it's not the BlackBerry story, Dan. It's the story I've lovingly put in the document as, holy fuck, uh, and that would be uh, the acquisition uh, Oculus Rift, the funky virtual reality headset nerd guys got purchased by um, what is quickly becoming a corporate Goliath that is uh, Facebook for a whopping $2 billion, $400 million of which was in cash and the rest in shares of Facebook stock. 
Uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg of the Facebook said, quote, Oculus's mission is to enable you to experience the impossible. Their technology opens up the possibility of completely new kinds of experiences. Um... There's, there, uh, I'm, I'm scrolling. I know it's very exciting for the viewers. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding this acquisition. Uh, Oculus Inventor uh, said, quote, we won't let you down, and that Facebook is aligned with their company's culture. But at the same time, um, the what's-his-face from Minecraft? Notch, Marcus Person or something like that. Yes, he came out publicly and said he had been working on a version of Minecraft specifically for Oculus Rift, and he has since stopped production on it because he doesn't trust Facebook. I think that's false. Wasn't he in talks to start working on a version of Minecraft for, for Oculus? I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to take your word on that, yes. <clears throat> no, he was, but then the Facebook announcement came out like a week or two later or something like that. Right, right. But he 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 had like it wasn't like a th a work in progress. It was a like Oh yeah, I don't believe that any work had officially started or unofficially started even. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of a bummer though. Though there there is like a mod, right? You can play Minecraft with Oculus. Probably. Yeah, I I've seen it done. It's just this was going to be specifically written to take advantage of the Oculus. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know, guys. Let's. Let, we'll just start it off with the, with the, the our favorite wide-reaching question. What do you think? So the most interesting, one of the more interesting parts that you didn't touch on yet is uh, the anger felt by the Kickstarter backers, which is interesting to think about because it's definitely not official, but one of the. Uh, unofficial, one of the feelings you get when you kickstart something is that uh, I kickstarted this so that they didn't have to go get like VC funding and then be beholden to these investors or they could make it outside of like work hours a lot of these people who make like board games and things like that this doesn't have to be their job, you know that is what Kickstarter feels like to me and so with Oculus Rift they got a couple million dollars, uh, and then they got $75 million in VC funding after, but, you know, no one noticed that. Uh, <laughs> but they got a couple million dollars, and they <clears throat> had to make all these reports, these uh, Kickstarter updates to the, I don't think they call them backers, the backers. And so it felt very much like you had a big part in this, and now it's like, well, now we're bought by Facebook, and though we can say that nothing will change, we no longer can promise you that nothing will change because it is literally out of our hands. Like, if Facebook buys a company and then it's like, well, we're shutting you down. It's not like they can say no. It's not like they can be like, well, actually, no, now we're leaving. It's like, okay, fine, but we still own all the copyrights and patents, so we're shutting it down. You know, it was like... It, True, they may say they're not going to do anything, but they can't. They cannot promise that it will continue. Uh, and I believe that it will. I'm not saying it's not. Uh, but I think the the idea that when you back something on Kickstarter, not only do you not get any equity, which means that none of the however many millions, billions that Facebook paid for Oculus Rift do you get, but it also means that the ideas that you thought you were buying into might no longer, might just be thrown out the wayside. I mean, I think that's kind of BS. And I, I, no, it is, but it's the feeling. Like, objectively speaking, none of that is true. Like, even if you back something in Kickstarter, once they're funded, they don't have to do anything. They don't even have to really give you what they, the reward was. They don't have to even do that. Uh, at least the Oculus people backers got their dev kits and stuff. Uh, but it's the, the feeling that Kickstarter fosters of you being a part of this, you have input, you got all these special benefits, you get updates from the founders in your email box and things like that. That feels like you have a lot more ownership than you actually do. But, but people always get upset when communities are 
are purchased. I mean, think of every time Facebook or Twitter makes a slight UI change, the entire community freaks out. I mean, I'm not surprised that these people who feel so passionate about what they consider to be a, a small-time craft, you know, really cutting-edge project gets acquired by a big company. I mean, this happens all the time and people get upset. I think the difference is that these people actually laid money on the line. Right, but, but they yeah. Have to, but they have to understand that, you know, they don't, they don't own a piece of the company, I, which, by the way, I would say in three years there's going to be a Kickstarter where you can actually buy small pieces of companies. They're just oh, there's already that, isn't there? Uh, as far as I know, they're still waiting on legislation. It's the Jobs Act, right, is the one that... Uh, <clears throat> I thought that passed. Did it pass? Because I know that's what they were waiting on. Um, and that's great, and I would love to see people buy stakes in companies, and then that's where you'll actually see things change. But they're not buying a company. They're buying a product, one product, the Oculus. It got delivered to them. They used it. Great. And Yeah, the Jobs Act was signed into law on April 5th, 2012. Okay. Well, there you go. And so uh, that's definitely the, the future, I think. Um, but But to have this feeling and say, oh, I was there first, and... I think it's baloney, and I should have a say in it. Come on. No, it's a company. If you yeah. were offered $2 billion by Facebook, you'd sell to them. I don't care what you say. I mean, I mean, I think the, the fact of the matter is, like, you know, they raised, they raised a bunch of money on Kickstarter, but, I mean, that wasn't enough money for this, the, like, the scale of thing that they're trying to do, right? It's like, that's why, I mean, that's why they took, VC fund had to take VC funding, right? Like hardware production is really hard and expensive. Yeah. And I think another thing that people are worried about is that like Facebook does not do hardware production. And we are back. If you enjoyed that rather abrupt break in the programming, uh, that was because the computer I was using exploded uh, everywhere. It was a big disaster. <laughs> the fire department had to show up. It was pretty generally unpleasant. Um, Was that one of those old Sony laptops? Yeah, exactly. It got so hot on my lap I can no longer have children. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, we're going to continue where we left off uh, and continue if you guys have more to say about Oculus Rift. Uh, I do, but I'll let you all. So um, I don't exactly remember where we were in the discussion when we left off. My I, my I goldfish memory has... has well, I'll just... Here, I'll just pick it up. I... A lot of people compared this to WhatsApp, obviously, because it was the latest purchase by Facebook. It was also a huge purchase. But, I mean, if you think about it, they could not be any more different. With WhatsApp, you're getting a not particularly proprietary piece of software, but what you are getting is millions of users, which is where Facebook makes its money. But with Oculus Rift, what you're really getting is intellectual property, hardware, and some experienced engineers. I mean, it's certainly not a play for users. So the real question is, WhatsApp is more of a short-term purchase. Oculus Rift is more of a long-term strategy. But is it smart for Facebook to begin investing in hardware, in virtual reality? You know, is it like Google doing self-driving cars? Or is it, I mean, what what is it? For me, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. A because I've never been a big virtual reality guy and I don't I'm not very impressed by it. But have you tried it? I've tried the Oculus Rift. I have. Okay. Um, and I it I got a little sick. I just don't think it's got a long way to go, and I don't know if Facebook is going to be the company to do it. And I think I'm not in the boardroom at Facebook, but I'm sure there's better ways. Wait, they you're spend. not? Yeah, I know. Call oh. me. Call me Zuck. Call me. Um, uh, I, yeah, I thought you were chairman <laughs> of the board for sure. Board. Yeah, that's why I, I live in this wonderful studio apartment in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just think $2 billion could have been better spent helping their core products and not buying a virtual reality headset company. I guess that's my point. I don't know. What do you guys think? So I I was, when I heard about this, I was unconvinced that it was a good idea because I was viewing Oculus Rift as a gaming company which is all that they've billed themselves as. But uh, if you've read Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, the same person who wrote uh, Cryptonomicon, uh, or Ready Player One, which I also think I picked on this show at one point, uh, then the idea, the, con the, um, the hope of owning and being the first person to create this 
Virtual World, which is a game that anyone can be a part of and do anything in. They could play games in this virtual world. They could have meetings in this virtual world. They could hang out in this virtual world. They could share pictures in the virtual world. A, a, a social space designed from the bottom up as a virtual reality experience could be awesome. I think it's at least 10 to 15 years out. But if they're the first people in that space, then it's, they have the potential to be the Google of the mobile world, where Google bought Android in 2005 before anyone thought, you know, why would you get Android when you can get the Kick Messenger phone or, you know, all you need is email and text messaging. Like, what, what, what do you mean? So I see it, and you know, it's a gamble. And it might, it probably won't go anywhere. But if it did take off, and if Neil Stevenson's grand vision for this virtual reality that everyone shares and goes to to do everything in, that feels a lot like what Facebook wants to be. Yeah, I think the only part of this deal that I think is smart is is the price, because if what you say is true, and this turns out to be a great buy, $2 billion is hella cheap. And yeah. it's crazy cheap. And and you're right. That's exactly what they're doing, taking a gamble. But when I see things like this, all I can think of is all those 1900, what the year 2000 will look like predictions, and there were blimps everywhere. You know, like it was it was all the airships. And it's, you know, these things don't always pan out as, as science fiction kind of wants them to. So, um, no, I, I don't, you're right. I hope for the best. I really do. And I think Oculus Rift is cool. Um but I think it's a niche product. I don't think you'll ever see it on a, a Walmart shelf. Yeah, um, not as it is now. No, but, you know, in 10 or 15 years, will there even be a Facebook? You know? I mean, they, they certainly hope so. Well, I, and I, you know, I hope so too. But 10 or 15 years in technology, you know, two or three years maybe. But man, when you go that far out. Well, Google stayed relevant know. for 10 or 15 years. That, that was exactly what I was going to say. Incredibly relevant. More, more. No, in Google, Google is becoming more and more relevant in more and more spaces. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. So, uh... so you would say you guys are optimistic on Oculus Rift at Facebook? Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm worried about the gaming part because gaming is what I want to use now. Like, I want to buy an Oculus Rift and play a game on it. Perhaps a game that I will mention later on in our pick section. Uh, <laughs> but I acknowledge that the potential is much greater and the potential is a wider market than just gaming. Yeah. I don't, like... I mean, I... Well, I, I feel weird talking about this because, like, there's been much discussion internally um, <laughs> well, Colby, maybe would it be so, easier if you so, just gave it a feels good, feels bad? I mean, I think two binary. The, the general sentiment, which you know, I mean, you, you know, you guys read Mark's Mark Zuckerberg's like public post that like that's that's about. I mean, that's 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 what it is. It, it wasn't like nothing in there was false, like. As far as far as I, as far as anyone is concerned, like they're they're joining us, but they're doing their own thing still, which is the same thing WhatsApp's doing and the same thing Instagram's doing. It's like you know, like they're not their their core is not changing, their their mission is not changing in the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's well. Facebook is providing resources, and in exchange, it gets profits down the road. That's what it's doing for all these companies. It's helping them scale and grow, but it's not changing what they are. And, and I think there are a lot of smart people at Oculus Rift who I think are going to hopefully do great things at Facebook. I mean, uh, this will play into our trivia challenge later, but uh, it's been great to see some of these people who have been uh, in companies that have been acquired and gone on to leave that core business and gone on to other parts of a Google or a Microsoft and go on to do great things. So uh, it'll be exciting to see what those guys can do with Facebook. Um, let's move on from our top story to 
Uh, how about a little bit of uh, trivia for you guys? Da-da-da-da-da, trivia challenge! Da-da-da. Um, yeah, because we lost all music, but that's okay. Uh, I will suffice. <laughs> so today's game is a rapid-fire challenge. And I hope you guys are up for it. Uh, it's called Mergers and Acquisitions, colon, The Game. Uh, and the way it works is I have ten companies... And all of the companies have been acquired by one of four potential options. Google, Facebook, Microsoft, or Yahoo. So everyone has one of those four answers, okay? And I'm gonna you're each gonna be answer five and I'm gonna jump between you. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna give you the name of a company, and you're just gonna say, is it Google, Facebook, Microsoft, or Yahoo? Quick answers. After you answer one, I'll jump to the next person and we'll flip-flop between the two of you. Uh, you won't both answer the same one, you'll each get different ones. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna start with Dan. You're gonna get our first company. You'll answer right or wrong. We'll move on. Colby will get a different company, and so on, and we'll go back and forth till you each have had five. Sound good? Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, or, or Facebook, Google, or Facebook. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. We're gonna start with Dan. Uh, let's. I wish I had some dramatic music. Uh, dun 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 dun. Uh, your first company is Gowalla, the uh, Foursquare competitor. Uh, Google. Wrong. Facebook. Colby. Like.com. Facebook? Wrong. Google. Damn it. <laughs> Dan. Rare. The video game developer. Oh. Uh, Microsoft. That is correct. Okay. Colby. <laughs> file sharing service drop.io. Ah, this one I know because uh, the CEO of Drop.io was my boss when I was an intern. That is Facebook. Hey, very good. Uh, to Dan, InterClick, online advertising. Yahoo. That is correct. To Colby, FeedBurner. Mm, Google. That is correct. To Dan, Danger. Uh, oh, what's that? Uh, Microsoft. That's correct, makers of the sidekick. Uh, to Colby, Zagat. Google. That is correct. To Dan, uh, mobile app developer Astrid. Uh, Google. That is incorrect. We were looking for Yahoo. And the last <laughs> one to Colby, Music Match. Uh, Microsoft? Ooh, good guess, but wrong. It was Yahoo. It was Yahoo. Uh, you guys split the pot. You each got uh, three right and two wrong. Isn't that the second week in a row that we've yeah, tied? You're just too evenly matched. <laughs> guys, what can I say? Um, like I said, the ones you got wrong were Gowalla at Facebook, Like.com at Google, uh, Astrid at Yahoo, and Music Match at Yahoo. Like.com was tricky because there's an obvious answer, and that was That's, my answer. I was trying to sneak you. I was trying to, because I saw that, and I'm like, Like.com? That's really funny. Um, here's another piece of trivia. How much did uh, Facebook buy the Facebook.com domain for? Because it was the Facebook.com, and they actually purchased the regular Facebook.com. I don't know. It would be uh, two hundred thousand dollars. That's it. That's well, it. didn't they didn't they buy FB.com from the Federal Farm Bureau yeah, for like millions or something? That was a lot. Yeah, that that wasn't that long ago, actually. Yeah, I remember that was like when we were in college or yeah, something. I remember that story. Well, you guys did great with the mergers and acquisitions colon the game. Congratulations to the both of you. But uh, there's all kinds of news in the week, so let's move on to in other news. Uh, show pretty graphic. All right, we'll continue back here. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if there's any one particular story you guys want to talk about. Um a couple of these are quick ones. Uh, let's talk briefly. HTC announced a phone. Um, they do that. They're a phone company. <laughs> um, rather than name it the HTC 2 or the HTC 1 2 or whatever you want to call it, uh, it's the new HTC 1. Uh, it's the sequel to the old HTC 1. Um, things that are different about it, uh, I don't actually know. Um, it looks like a different color. Yeah, probably. That's fair. Uh, no, I mean, things. It, here are just some stats for you. Uh, it's a 5-inch screen, 1080p panel. Uh, of course, the boom sound speakers. Uh, boom. Boom. Um, it comes in silver and gold. 
um, along with a more subdued brushed metal gray. Um, it's got apps, a processor, RAM. Um, basically, the short version is it's pretty generally been reviewed across all the different review sites that it's an excellent phone, gorgeous, great performance, solid battery life, but it has a weak, uh, inconsistent camera and the fact that it's a little chunky. Um, I'll read you this quick blurb. Um, it may not outsell Samsung in the relentless marketing sure to follow the feature-rich Galaxy S5, but HTC executives say they don't care. They say they just want to build a phone for people who like nice things. <laughs> Fair enough. It's fast, yeah. long-lasting, does everything a phone should, and does it with totally unparalleled class and style. That's fair. I mean, the the so I, I've I've used a regular HTC One before, um, and they're pretty nice. Uh, I think to be I I think I would rather have one of those than a Galaxy. I I think totally. that's fair. I I I agree with that. Um, I actually know somebody who just got talked into getting a free Galaxy from Verizon. And she, I think she's had it for maybe two or three weeks, and she turned to me and she said, I, I just want my iPhone back. I just want my iPhone back, please. This was the worst decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's like, I feel like the the HTC is, the HTC One is probably like the most iPhone-y of the Android phones. I mean, it looks beautiful. It's thin, the screen looks nice. Um, and what's most interesting for me is they're, they have announced their. They haven't announced details, but they're going to do a Google Play edition, um, which is like Nexus is is a raw Android experience. No sense. That I think will be um, a really excellent phone uh, outside of this camera that um, most of the reviewers say is just adequate and in a uh, in an area today where phones like Apple and these other companies have such great cameras. It's kind of a kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I I saw the uh, the Verge like breakdown review thing. I was that was kind of surprising how lukewarm the camera was. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about cameras, so maybe it's really hard. Yeah, like, and it's individual situations and how you use it. But I, you know, I use the iPhone camera and just. Every single time I get a good picture, and that, to me, is the sign of it. You know, it doesn't have to be perfectly lit or perfectly balanced, but if every time I can pull out the phone and snap a quick good picture, you know, that that's that's all you really want in a camera, and apparently that's not the case. Yeah. Sad times. Um, the phone will be available for $199 on contract. Um, it doesn't... I don't have a date of launch, but I'm sure you can Google that. The other thing I'd recommend if you haven't seen is to check out the dot case um, that they announced with the phone. It's I, I don't have the ability to share my screen at the moment, but um, it is the back of the case. It connects to your phone, and the back of the case is a series of dots, and they light up in accordance with alerts. So it'll show a little green phone if you're getting a call, or it'll show a little message icon if you have a message, show the time or the weather. And I actually think it looks really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, you know, we saw leaks of what it was going to look like, um, but seeing it, especially in video form, as it works, uh, I was really impressed. Yeah, I like that too. That was any sort of. I'm a big, you know me. I'm a big gimmick guy, so any small thing <laughs> I can do, uh, I'm definitely for that. Can we talk about the Twitter thing? Because I don't understand. Maybe yeah. someone can explain to we me. Can talk about the Twitter thing. So, uh, Twitter launched an update to their iPhone and Android apps, uh, expanding <laughs> on their photo sharing capability. Now, of course, currently you can upload a single photo to their pic.twitter service. Um, they announced today that you can tag people in a photograph. So, what that means is you could tag people previously in a tweet. But if there was a photograph of a person, you couldn't search by photographs of this person. You could only search for tweets in which they were tagged. Now, similar to Facebook, you'll be able to look just at photos of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I guess, like, I understand what it is, I guess. I don't understand why. Um, yeah. 
Well, one thing it does say in here is that if you choose to tag friends, their Twitter, Twitter handles won't take up space inside the tweet. So you gain those characters back. So if you have a lot of people to tag <laughs> that, you know, hey, little things, Dan. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's really just a way to search and group. You know, you'll be able to collect yeah. see all tagged photos of Colby or of Dan. Right. Um, sure, I'm sure they're doing this based on like usage. It's probably like, like you said, like you save those characters. Like, you know, it's impossible that this is something that people are doing. So, like, you know, that makes sense. Yep. And Twi- right. Yeah, and Twitter says that photo tags will also show up inside tweets embedded on websites as well uh, in the little thing that you, when you see it's embedded. Uh, the apps were also updated to allow up to, I believe it's uh, up to four photos at once, up from just a single photo. Whoa. I guess that's cool. I mean, it's not really, it's not surprising. Yeah, I just don't imagine that I'd use it. Like, that seems out of Twitter's wheelhouse. Like, I use Twitter for stuff I don't really care about at the end of the day. Like, I don't want to go back through all the pictures I've ever posted on Twitter, because chances are I don't really care about them, or they are, like, also posted on Facebook or Instagram anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. Like, I never go back through Twitter. I Like, sometimes I go back through Facebook or, or even Foursquare. But, like, maybe that's maybe that's it. Like, maybe other people use it differently than us. Yeah, like, and I think some of it's also photos you don't know you're in. Or you don't know some. It could be a photo from years ago someone uploaded and you don't know, and it just keeps yeah. track of all the photos you're in. But I mean, this did, did I have the subway pizza debate on this show? Yeah, yes. we, we talked about not this much one. of a debate, just just you just, ranting. Just me. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> no, it's this idea that these companies, you don't have to do something just because everyone else is doing it. Don't give in to the peer pressure, Twitter. Twitter wants to start being a Facebook, and Facebook wants to start being Google, and Google wants to start being Apple, and, you know, it's like, just do your own thing really well. Like, I like Twitter, and th- they keep changing their damn website, and it's really <laughs> irritating, because you can't go on there for what you want to. Read interesting things in short tidbits. <laughs> like, don't... Twitter and Facebook look more similar now than they ever have, and that's awful, because I use them completely differently. So... Yeah. One thing I did like is there's a, in the Twitter app, you can turn off inline photos. Oh, that's nice. Um, so I turned off inline photos, which makes, like, it still feels like like Twitter. Uh, honestly, I love third-party Twitter clients. I don't use any of Twitter's own stuff. And I rarely yeah. use their website um, just because I'm, and maybe I'm stubborn and whatever, but, I, you know, I just like having straight text that I can scroll through a clear line between each tweet. I don't know. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Or when they added, you know, when you used to mouse over and, like, the retweet and the reply buttons would pop up, and now they're permanently showing? It looks so cluttered. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, Enough of me complaining. Uh, Let's move on. Sean's mad. Yeah, Sean's always mad. Sean's a bitter, bitter man. Uh... Let's move on. We've been uh, hearing rumors about it for, I kid you not, literally years. Um, literally. Literally. And it took Sasha Nadella in office uh, to finally unveil Office for iPad. Uh, yay. Yay, indeed. Uh, it was announced this week. Uh, it's been rumored from 2012 to 2013. It's available in the App Store today. Three separate applications, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. And it comes as part of your Office 365 subscription. Um, the iPad version will be free for reading and presenting purposes, but any edits you want to make, um, you will have to get a subscription for. Um, and I, do you guys, out of curiosity, do you guys have an Office 365 subscription? Nope. I can't say I'm surprised. Um, (laughs) I do, um, because as a student, I get it irresponsibly cheap. Um... So that's that's really cool. It is. That was so one of one of my the beefs that I used to have with Office is especially Office for Mac is that like regular Office costs like what like $150 and the student one was like $100. It wasn't cheap and it wasn't good. It was terrible. Um 
And I, that always just really bothered me. It was so expensive. I think I paid $80 for four years of Office 365. Which oh. is, which is, a, wow. which is, and you have to remember, not only do you get all the latest versions of the software on Windows, Mac, and now iPad, iPhone, but you also get extra SkyDrive storage, you get Skype credits, you get a bunch of other stuff. Um, so at least for students, it's not bad. Yeah, that sounds, that, I mean, that, that, see, that sounds really great. I, I really like that. Um, I also like, I, I feel similarly positive towards like the stuff Adobe's done with Creative Cloud. Yeah. Um, because one, in general, it's way more affordable. Or I think a way better deal in any case. Like, I guess long term, you end up spending more money. But it, especially for students, because there's, I mean, there's a, obviously their software is good, but it's like, that was, that was egregious. I mean, it was still, even the student versions were still thousands of dollars. Um, so I, I really, uh, like, I, I, I think they, they did a, a good thing there. And I, and I will say, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure in order to get an Office 365 <laughs> university subscription, I think you only need a .edu email address. I don't think they verify you outside of that. I could be wrong. They might have changed that, but I know when I got it, they never verified me. They just asked for my .edu email, so. Interesting. Something to keep in mind. Uh, no, so I've actually played around with, um, let me go full screen on me here. Full oh, screen! screen. Oh. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah! There you go. <laughs> yeah. So now you guys can make all the faces you want, no one can see it. Um, so, uh, Office for iPad, uh, here's Word. Um, it connects really great with, I will say, if you are a OneDrive user, boy, are you in good shape, because this integrates Are-ish super friends? well. So let me open a document, uh, if I can find one. Okay, here's a strategy brief I wrote for Olive Garden. <laughs> Yay! Are you on their board, too? <laughs> no, thank God. <laughs> uh, and there you go. So you'll notice at the top the traditional ribbon interface. It's very familiar, very crisp. Uh, it's got all your options. For example, I can click Insert, Pictures. Um, they'll take it right from your uh, camera roll. Let me select. And it'll put in a picture of my brother that I had from Christmas. But what's great is it's, I'm going to, I don't think I can possibly do this without. But it's just, it's easy and it'll just drag and kind of rearrange itself. You know, like any word processor, and you can, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not really the most exciting thing to show you. But uh, one thing that is really great is it does um, autosave at, mm, at every second you type through OneDrive. Now, you have to use it through OneDrive. Uh, but if you do, it's really great because you don't have to worry about saving it, or it's all autosave, which is excellent. Um, the other thing I wanted to show you that I really liked, Excel works great. PowerPoint is cool because you can do presenting from here through AirPlay or through the uh, whatever the adapters they have to connect it to oh, a projector. That's awesome. But what's really neat is um, because you're doing it on a tablet, um, I'm just see this is a problem when I just pull up something random on my iPad. So you can of course edit your presentation on here, but there we go. It opened up. This is a presentation I did a while back, but when you actually go to present, what's neat is, um, there you go, it shows you the slide. If I push and hold my finger down, it actually becomes, see the red? It becomes a laser pointer that'll actually show up on the screen when you present. It's hard to see because it's under it's under my finger, but it is there. Um, and you can also, um, let me see if I can get get this. You can also use your finger as a marker and actually, you know, write on the presentation. I just love gimmicky stuff like that. But overall, I mean, as far as my review goes, um, these apps are outstandingly well done. I mean, I'm, I was shocked it came from Microsoft and on an iPad nonetheless. Well, they've been working on it for like 10 years. Right? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I was really impressed with the quality. I think it's a no-brainer if you're already a subscriber and really adds a lot of value if you're not. Um, 
and with an appropriate keyboard, I could honestly say I could use this. It's one of those, you know, when people say, well, should I get an iPad or a laptop? And, and one of the things I would say was, well, if you do a lot of papers or a lot of Excel stuff, it's not really great. I take that back now. I'm really impressed with the integration. Yeah. The only thing that sucks is printing. Yes. Oh, my God. Less of a problem at, like, college because you could upload it to OneDrive and then, like, log into, like a, like, a classroom computer and print it. But if you're on your own, it's really hard to print. You have to get, like, the right printer in Apple World. And I think in Google disaster. World, it's a little easier. Uh, <laughs> I met a guy still that, not ideal. I met a guy that works on the Google printer, like, cloud print thing once. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. We didn't talk that much. I just met him. Um, <laughs> but you're but, no, you're totally right. Printing yeah. is is an absolute disaster. But nowadays, like he, how you don't print you... that much, and you right. can always find a way to send it to another computer or find a printer or um, yeah, do all those things because it does auto sync to OneDrive, so it's at least yeah. automatically there. Um, the problem is I. And I know this will never happen. I wish they had integration with more um, cloud storage providers like Dropbox and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. One can dream. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would say I would recommend it. Uh, Office for iPad. They're really great apps. Um, I haven't used Pages and Keynote that much on iPad, so I'm not that familiar with it. But uh, I was definitely impressed with um with Office, and if this is the direction Windows is or Microsoft is heading, uh, I'm very impressed. So, a good first yeah. release for Satya Nadella. Yeah, I like that a lot because that's one of, one of one of the things I hate is being tied down to one like platform. And I, I like I'm surprised. Well, maybe I'm not surprised to see Microsoft being the one to like do something awesome for someone else's stuff but like well that was what Sacha said in his first speech to the employees after he became CEO he said we're, we're essentially not this devices and services company that we've been saying we are we're a software company we make yeah. software and there's nothing wrong with that we're not ashamed of that and I think this is just a prime example um, of, of them being us the software company that they really should be yeah, yeah. I mean, I Office like is one of their highest profiting sections of the business. Right, and it, yeah, it always has been, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they could spin Office into its own company, really, if they wanted to. I mean, it's billions of dollars. Um, and for it not to have been on iPad makes no sense, and the fact that they did it so well, I think, is only is only good for them. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I um, wish I wish it had been sooner. Yeah, no kidding. And then it'll be interesting to see if they do anything for Android. That'll be that'll be the other question. Um, but I, I thought they already had something for. Oh, is that OneNote for Android? They have OneNote, and I want to. I'd have to double check. I believe they have an Office phone app. But they don't have one for tablets, and I think the phone one is limited. Uh huh. Okay. Um. They, I know they don't have a fully featured one, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, is there? There's. We got three more stories on the list. Is there any of these that you guys really stories? Well, here we. This is a quick Blackberry Wat. Yeah, we'll. Uh, I'll quickly mention Amazon is having an event next week. Uh, I guess it's this coming week. It's April second, this Wednesday, two days from now, uh, at 11 a.m. in New York to quote offer an update on our video business. Now, the big rumor is that it's going to be the long-rumored set-top box uh, they're going to announce based on a forked version of Android. Um, it will, of course, have all kinds of video and TV and all that kind of stuff, uh, like your Apple TV or your Roku. Um, we will have a full report on that announcement on next week's Don't Panic. That was a quick one. Uh, I guess we can quickly talk about BlackBerry as well. Um, BlackBerry made a, an interesting decision this week. Um, you may remember that they made a big deal about launching BlackBerry 10, uh, their new operating system alongside some touchscreen phones. Well, the new CEO of BlackBerry, John Chen, uh, went ahead and said, on second thought, why don't we just bring back the old phone people used to like with the old operating system people used to like and just sell it again? Um, I really? Know 
that's basically what he said. Let me see if I can find that. The reintroduction, now this is the uh, BlackBerry Bold phone. It has the built-in keyboard and runs BlackBerry 7. Um, it was first introduced in 2011. It's re-entering production. Uh, quote, our customers still love the BBOS device, particularly BB7 devices. We'll continue to make these devices available and support the operating system as long as there is customer demand. Now, they are planning to introduce high-end phones with keyboards over the next 18 months with the new operating system, but they're going to reintroduce this old phone with the old operating system, which they're now saying they can actually sell at a profit uh, because they've been able to reduce um, engineering costs. Fascinating. Isn't it? That's it? So, correct me if I'm wrong, is the BlackBerry Bold the phone that Kaylee had, or was that a different one? Um, I think hers was a little, it's a little newer, but it was the, it's your traditional BlackBerry style where you yeah. have, uh, you know, the keyboard at the bottom. But yeah, that would have been yeah. very similar. Okay. Yep. I mean, I don't know. People are into that, right? It's certainly, it's certainly different. It's like a sort of phone that you're not going to find from another company, really. Um, yeah. like, I mean, seems, seems like sort of a niche, niche market at this point, but. Well, I guess those, they, they could use to sell something, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all those companies who, you know, it's kind of like when Windows is going to Windows 8 and all the companies said, we're afraid to upgrade. And they said, well, people really like Windows XP, so we're going to go back and start making Windows XP <laughs> computers again. I mean, it's a very similar concept. Um, and it's just very surprising to me that for a company to come out so publicly and say, we're going back to this thing this very old system i mean they had a 64 percent decrease in revenues uh in the fourth quarter this year um uh, oh this is interesting of the 3.4 million smartphones shipped this quarter about 2.3 or about three uh two-thirds were running blackberry's older platform not the new one so they're already selling two-thirds of their phones with the old operating system so I expected that. Yeah, I, you know the the phones. There's only two, I think, two or three phones that run BB10, whereas there's a whole series of older phones. So is it? Did they go right from BB7 to BB10? Yeah, 10 was a better okay. number. Yeah, I okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm done with BlackBerry. Yeah, I know. I think we all are. Stuff, um, yeah. Let's see. Um, I don't think we need to revel in King's failure, do we? No, I don't think I'm surprised. No, quickly, King, the maker of Candy Crush, uh, brought out an IPO this week, and it flopped down 15% on its first day on fears that they're just a one-hit wonder um, as uh, earnings on that game uh, are falling. There you go. Um, if you, And if you bought stock in King, I have no pity for you. <laughs> like, um, I don't... I. Why? Why? I don't understand why those companies IPO. It's like, well, it. I don't know. It just feels like investing in a cons casino. Like that's all investing is. I was gonna say, yeah, that's the stock market. No, the reason I IPOs guess. are really yeah. good for the people who work in the company and don't have frozen stock options, because what happens is, even at dropping fifteen percent in its first day of trading, the founders of King still made. I don't know if they made billions, but they at least made hundreds of millions. Right, their stocks yeah. aren't frozen. The real people who are in trouble are the low-level employees who have their stock frozen for three or five years and are going to watch it go to nothing. Or investors who bought the stock. They're the ones who are in trouble. So if I'm the head of a company like King, I'm going to IPO as fast as I can, get my money, and run. But I'm also that's, a terrible person. So That's true. That's pretty cynical, Sean. Yeah, it is. Note, note to self. When Sean offers you a job, don't take it. Yeah, Colby, when, I, when our company goes public, just remember that. Uh, yeah, this is, they're going to play this when I announce the IPO. They're going to play this clip right here. <laughs> say, Sean, did you say this? That you're just going to take the money and run? Yeah. Great. Uh, I've just ruined my future. Okay. Uh, with that, let's uh, move out of the news and on to our da 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 picks of the week. Um, and we have a fantastic series of picks. Um, 
I'm first in the list, so I'll just jump ahead and uh, go for it. Colby's seen me play this game. Um, this is without a doubt my favorite iPhone game. It's not for everybody. I'm not going to come out and say that because I don't think that's fair. But um, it is a super fun game, and it's very unique, and it's called Ticket to Ride. Now, some of you may be familiar with the fact that Ticket to Ride is a board game. It's been around for a very long time. It's not as popular as Monopoly or something like that, mainly because it's kind of an independent game. Um, but the sort of gist of the game is it's based around train travels in the kind of early 1900s industrial era. And it's kind of like Risk meets... I'm trying to think of a good example. It's like Risk meets another game that I can't think of. <laughs> <laughs> where you're, it's sort of like claiming territory, but you have train routes that you have to complete, and you're fighting over people to make sure you can complete your routes and you get points and all this stuff. Basically, it's, it's sort, a very it's sort of like settler, like settlers of Catan. Sort of, a yeah. Little. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a conquer game, but it's also a strategy game, and there's points associated. It's a lot of fun, but the best part is, it's a very complicated game to play in person, kind of like Risk. Um, well, they made an iPad version, and I have to say, it is a fantastically well-put-together app, um, and it is a ton of fun. It's called Ticket to Ride. Um, they have versions for all the devices, iPad, Android, Steam, and in-browser. Um, I know for iPad, it's six ninety nine. On Steam, it is... Let me look. It is $9.99. Um, which is an absolute bargain. So let me start just kind of a solo game against some computers here and show you how it... No, I don't want to watch the... No, stop. I don't want to see the tutorial. I know... Stop it. I, I know how to play. I play this game all the time. <laughs> yes. Have you what played you the board fresh? game, Sean? Uh, I actually haven't played the board game. It's, I'd love to get it. It's on my to-get list. Um, no one ever wants to play board games. Me, hello. Good, Dan. We'll have a board game day. <laughs> so, here's the here's the game, and this is what it looks like. There's your map of the U.S. and all your train routes. And you have these sort of uh, cards, which are routes. So, Montreal to New Orleans, Calgary to Phoenix. And then you have color cards, which correspond to the routes. You draw color cards, you use those to play, and you want to make your connections. I mean, it's relatively straightforward. Um... You play the game, you have, uh, was it 45 trains to use, and whoever runs out first, that ends the game. Uh, and you rack up your points based upon how many routes you got, who has the longest route, uh, and things of that nature. Uh, one of my favorite features of this game on iPad is it actually has a really robust online community where you can log on almost any time of day and play in real time with other people on their iPads and their computers. It's actually really nicely done which is, I find, rare to have nice online multiplayer in iPad games. Um, it's a wonderful way to pass the time. I would say it's my favorite game I've ever played on iPad, which is a bold statement, but I stand by that. Um, it's called Ticket to Ride. Um, if you want to play me, I am... Uh, well, you can find me on Game Center. I'm Sean Jennings. You should challenge me, because it's fun. Uh, and I'll kick your butt. And um, it's six ninety nine on iPad, so that's a ticket to ride. The best, in my opinion, the best board game iPad app uh, you can buy. Sounds like someone didn't buy the Carcassonne app I picked a couple months ago. I did not. No, Dan, you're right. I was having so much fun playing Ticket to Ride. I uh, I did not get to it. But it is. <laughs> I have it bookmarked. It is on my to get list. Okay. Okay. That's good. I'll... So if if you're talking this... about the best, sorry. The ba well, wait. Is that based on a was, is that based on a board game? Carcassonne is a board game, oh. just like Ticket to Ride is a board game. <laughs> all right. Well, I make bold statements all the time, whether or not they're true. So no, no, no. no I wasn't disagreeing with you. <laughs> I was segueing into my own pick, which is wonderful. Uh, and and unless and Colby has something to add, uh, I was just gonna say, like, Sean has literally been playing Ticket to Ride for like. Years. I don't know what years now. <laughs> it's rare, and I, you know me. I don't play games, and I get bored with them super quickly. And because of the great multiplayer, I, for some reason, this game has stuck with me. So, if there's any pick of mine you take seriously, <laughs> this would be one of them. Because um, okay. I actually have years of experience playing it. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about outstanding games, and I cannot wait to hear your review of yeah. of this. 
So, so last weekend, it was also Arduino Day last Saturday, so I was doing some Arduino stuff, and then I realized I needed Windows. So I went on our, like, the Windows site, and I downloaded the thing, because I can get a CD key from the Student Alliance thing. So I started the download, and then I was like, you know what? I, I bought used this game called Last of Us back in October, and I haven't played it yet, so maybe I'll, like, I'll start that. This is going to take, like, an hour to download. I'll start that while I'm waiting for this to happen. Uh, then, like, two days passed, and I finished the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, can I share my screen? Yeah, and we'll... yeah, through Skype you can. It's in. Uh... Okay, yeah, I know I can, but will it show up on your... Yes, it will. Cool, all right, so I'm going to share my screen. It's probably going to end up being a really laggy video, but at least you'll have something to stare at. And you can see yourselves, too. Is that true right now? Whoa, I can, I can see you and your screen. Nope, I can't. I can't see your screen at all. Let's try this one more time. Share screen. Only share window. Share that one. Nope. All right. Anyways, here. Whee! See the video? Um, the frame rate is non-existent. Uh, alright, whatever. So, anyways. So, Last of Us is this game. Uh, how do I get back to Skype? Skype, come back to me. Here, you know what I'll do? I don't even have my Skype window anymore. Alright. <laughs> I might be able to, to do it on my computer. So you keep talking, and I'll try and pull up some of that oh, sweet game it. footage. All right. Uh, sorry. Bear with me. Okay. So anyways, it's this game. It's a linear game. There are no real choices that you have. But when I finished this game, I felt like... Like, the exact way I felt after I finished some of the best books and watched some of the best movies that I have ever watched, it's that feeling where, like, you stop, it ends, and you're like, oh my god, that was amazing. And then immediately, you're, like, the rest of your day and the following days, you're just thinking about the entirety of what you experienced and what it meant and all of the, the things in it. And so... Last of Us is this apocalypse, zombie apocalypse game, really. Uh, it's just like every other zombie apocalypse story, movie, or game you've ever played. Uh, there's a father figure, there's a daughter figure, and there are zombies, and you blow their heads off. <laughs> What's amazing about this game is that the, the character development between the father and the daughter figure is incredible, and the graphics are mind-blowingly good. And it's only a PS3 game. It's not even a PS4 game. Uh, the the levels are terrifying, but not, like, gory terrifying, but just in this, like, psychological way. There's one scene where you enter into this, uh, this sewer system, and it turns out that the sewer held, like, a post-apocalyptic society for a while, and you're, like, moving through nurseries, but you know there are zombies in there because there aren't any people anymore. So, you know, what do the people do? Oh, they turn into zombies, of course. And, you know, that was terrifying, but not in, like, a blood and guts kind of way, but in a, a purely cerebral way. Uh, but the storyline, like, I can't say anything without giving anything away, but it was, I thought Mass Effect 2 was the best game I'd ever played, but this one is way better than Mass Effect 2. Uh... Yeah, I don't even know what else to say. And the game on its own, just like like the stealth mechanics and the different kind of zombies that you have to get past and all the different weapons and the additions you can put on them, that alone makes it. It's split into these chapters, one for each season of the year the story takes place over. So there's like weather and hunting and... All of this, you know, all the things that you'd think would happen when a society goes post-apocalyptic. Like, there's all these little subcultures in each city because they're totally separated from one another. It was really good. It was, like, it was somewhat life-changing in the way a good book can be life-changing. The ending was so poignant. Uh, 
It really makes you think. It reminded me a lot of No Country for Old Men. It was the first thing I thought of when it ended. Uh, but I won't say anything more. Yeah, I've got the... Uh, I did get the uh, game footage streaming mm-hmm. uh, on the feed. And uh, yeah, it looks really good. I, I've, I've always been a proponent of games that do story properly. Yeah. Um, and like... Yeah, the characters are just so good. And there are minor characters that come in and out that are just as compelling. There's all these backstories. You pick up these notes and you read about, you know, this guy who just met life and all the things that happened to him. And the mark of a good story is that you immediately care about this person. You don't, they don't even exist. You've barely even met them in the game and you're like, oh. I feel where this person is coming from here. Now I know why he's such an asshole. You know? Uh, yeah. Highly recommended. I would get a PS3 just to play that, especially now that they're probably really cheap. Now, what is it available on? Only PS3. It's a PlayStation exclusive. Okay. I They came out... There's a story recently that's coming to PS4, though. Uh, so maybe you would wait for that if you're interested in other games. But, Yeah. Really good, totally cinematic. Uh, they should make a movie out of it. I hope they do. I'd be really interested to watch it. Yeah, right now we're looking at the uh, what I think is that uh, apocalyptic society stuff you were talking about, and uh, yeah, that looks great. That's cool. Yeah. Neat. All right. That and is- like the first time you see the electricity turn back on, you're like. Oh my god, this is amazing! We have lights and they're lit up and the generator's running. And, you know, I felt so happy for them in that moment because I hadn't seen electricity in like 18 hours in this game. <laughs> and then it was back. It's like, ah! It's happening! And of course, the game keeps going, uh, but it okay. fills you with those emotions. It says a lot that, that you're that invested <laughs> in the characters, so that's yeah. wonderful. All right, The Last of Us, and uh, speaking of last, let's talk about uh, Colby's pick, or should I say repick? That was my takeaway yeah. for you. Um, so, <laughs> I, I got you. Sorry. I, I responded, just I think I was a little late in seed, so it wasn't, the timing was not spot on. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, I don't remember if I picked this before, or Sean picked this, or Dan picked this. One of us picked this, um, and it's LastPass, which is one of one of several fantastic password management systems that are out there. Um, so LastPass, in the common use case, like in the past, until last week, uh, it was basically a browser extension that would would fill in email addresses and passwords for you on on websites when you go to them and it would even like auto submit the forms right so like one you can you can have like super secure like uh randomly generated passwords and never have to remember them cuz lastpass always remembers remembers them and two it would just remember your passwords so you don't have to remember them um which is great uh and they also they had a mobile last week. Uh, what? Nothing. You're good. Oh, okay. You cut out for a split second. Oh, oh, good. interesting. Something, something. I, I don't know. I got to, yeah, something weird happened. Anyways, um, so they do. A, they, they have had mobile apps for a while. I think you can only access the mobile apps if you're a premium subscriber, which entails like paying $12 a year or something obscenely low. It's very affordable. Um, Like the sort of thing like, oh, okay. I mean, I might as well. Um, But their mobile apps were always sort of annoying. Like you, you had to like go into the app and then like copy and paste your password out, which was like, it worked, right? Like you could still get your passwords. You didn't have to remember them, but it was annoying. Um, but for Android, I assume this is this is a KitKat only feature. But they just updated their app to support, um, like it does in the web browser, it autofills your email and password in apps. 
uh, which is just amazing. It like rechanged my life, so I actually <laughs> never have to remember a password except my last <laughs> password. Um, so yeah, it's pretty fucking great, and you should get it and use it all the time. Quite the endorsement on safety and security with LastPass, which uh, I will say I also use and is excellent. So me three. Yes, we're we're all fans. Um, wonderful. That almost never happens. No, you're right. It is rare, but that just tells you how good it is. So, uh, outstanding. Well, that uh, pretty much concludes uh, this week's show. We appreciate all you sticking around with us through uh, technical difficulties and other such hilarity. Um, we will probably be back next week. Uh, next week, I will tease next week because we are going to have a heck of a show. We're going to be talking Amazon's announcement what uh, you need to know about what they talked about. We're also going to recap all of the April Fool's jokes around the mm. tech industry. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw uh, already the uh, Pokemon on Google Maps or uh, uh, Gmail selfies, um, among many others. Shelfies. Shelfies, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a full recap. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, and who knows who Facebook will buy this week, so... Uh, you're definitely going to want to tune in Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, on our website, don'tpanic.io. There you get links to live live and past shows, audio, video. Uh, we've got Facebook, uh, RSS, iTunes, uh, you name it, it's probably there. Um, and you're definitely going to want to tune in. We thank all of you for joining us on this, our 40th episode of Don't Panic. Um, and I know, we're, we're getting there, um, believe yeah. it or not. That's almost a year worth of episodes. Yeah, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look up. I think we started June, late June, something. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do something special for. Uh, you know what's great is if I get a cake for the event because it's it's virtual. I just get to eat the whole cake. <laughs> it's it's a win. Hmm. Uh, Might have to do something about that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, maybe maybe we'll have to do a reunion show. I don't know. Mm, mm, I don't. Mm, I don't make any <laughs> promises, but. Uh, could happen. You never know. Uh, wonderful. Well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week right here on Don't Panic. <laughs>